This podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thundercast. My name is Lucas. I'm Christian. And I'm Liam. Here with another podcast that just talks about movies. Today, we are sponsored by uh, Broken Promises. Except you're going to be Spider-Man, but we're not. Yeah, surprise. surprise. <laughs> Oops. Coming at you live from the land of comfy pants, because 75% of us don't give a fuck and are wearing sweatpants. Yeah, I feel left out. <laughs> yeah, Liam is wearing holy jeans. He's like Jesus Christ of denim. Uh, uh, on today's episode, we have a we have a very special guest. We have uh, a friend of the podcast, or at least two-thirds of us, uh, is Ezra Warnock. Ezra? Hi there, I'm Ezra. <laughs> that was Ezra's voice. Thank you, and that's Hi. the end of the podcast. Uh, right, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, today's episode is, uh, you know, uh, a little bit different than some of our other ones. It's a little bit more of a grown-up conversation than what we're used to. Most of the time, it's Liam and I arguing about uh, various Rick and Morty memes and and whatnot. But today's episode, we're going to go and dive deep into uh, the idea of representation in film uh, and you know, things that are moderately related to that. And because <laughs> so. as of late especially, it's become a lot more topical. Not to say what it was, but it is something that we as a culture and we as uh, consumers of media are beginning to discuss more and more and the ethical and morality of the whole thing and why uh, was it why it has or for lack of a... or hasn't really uh, been as prominent as it should. Yeah, so uh, Ezra, if you want to kind of... Give us a little rundown of who you are. Uh, yeah, my name is Ezra J. Warnock. I am 23 years old. I'm non-binary, so I am the representation of this episode. Uh, I've been non-binary for my whole life, um, but I sort of realized when I turned 20, I thought I was um, transmasculine for a lot of my life when I was 11 and uh, sort of experiencing gender in that way. Um, but I realized more recently that I am not a girl or a boy, <laughs> which was like a fun realization to come to. Yeah. Could you? Could you? Sorry, just for our audience listeners yeah. and that sort of thing, just explain like transmasculine and like what yeah. non-binary is. So I'm assigned female at birth, which means when I popped out of my mom's uterus, uh, there was a big old F on my identification card saying that my gender is like female or my sex is female, um, and I sort of realized around the time that I was 11 that just really wasn't my cup of tea. I knew that I wasn't a girl, but I didn't know what I was. Uh, I grew up in a very rural community in Carstairs, Alberta, um, and I got a really shitty, a really shitty experience at the uh, at the school that I was going to um, because I was I dropped out in grade nine because of bullying and because of harassment. Um, so representation in media and and as like a, a bigger topic, um, just sort of talking about these sorts of things are very close to home to me because mm-hmm. I felt alone a lot in my life and I don't want people to feel alone. And when we do have representation in media, when we can see ourselves in media, uh, sometimes if you don't have people around you, that those those folks can be your friends and you can see yourself through those characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you and I have talked in the past about how you have dabbled in, in uh, theater and like yeah, that sort of yeah. thing, right? So uh, in, in what sort of way have you felt 
like theater has kind of shaped your idea in terms of like why representation is so important in, in media? Yeah, absolutely. So my theater background is I used to be very interested in musical theater. Um, as I grew up a little bit more, I decided that I don't really like musical theater because it's the same sorts of things being done again. Without, Watch what you say around Lucas. <laughs> without, any, <laughs> without any changes. I do like musical theater, I do. Um, but it's, it's oftentimes the same musicals that have like very problematic leanings and stuff just being um, recycled in the exact same way with different people playing the roles, but people who look very, very, very similar. Um, and more recently, in the last couple of years, I uh, recently collaborated with an artist, Elena Bellier, who is a writer, an actor. Cal- Calgary-based? Uh, actually in Edmonton, but also in Montreal and stuff. Oh, yeah. um, but they, they gave me a voice to sort of be a non-binary actor. There's this uh, show called Everybody We Know Is Gonna Be There, and it was basically this big house party that was a site-specific theater show that, that took place in, in a house, and it was about Bradley's birthday party, um, and it was gonna be a big deal. But in that, in that play, I got to choose to be uh, a character named Kai, who is agender, um, asexual, and um, a romantic. So that was really cool because I got to have that narrative and create that character with Elena, and then I got to like be that person. Right on. <laughs> yeah. So, so how, how does it feel uh, being um, somebody who at times could probably feel like you're being left out in theater and that sort of thing, or in the, in the artistic community, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. I've auditioned a lot and I haven't really gotten roles. For some reasons I think it's because I'm not trans enough and for others it's just like, I'm a bit too trans. Yeah, that's a very interesting co- <laughs> yeah. like, conversation. So um, do you, like I, I know I brought it up with you before um, and this, I'm kind of going off of what yeah. we were just talking about, but I had brought it up with you in the past about how, uh, and I asked you the question of whether or not you felt like um, using trans people and using non-binary people and using people who, who uh, identify as a different gender or whatever uh, in, in media, how that is almost kind of feels like it's becoming a little bit more of a trend, yeah. right? And, and how that is kind of separating away from it being more of a movement and more of a trend-setting sort of thing. And it's becoming yeah. where it starts to almost come off more like uh, People don't actually believe in it. They're just uh, trying to capitalize on it using the neo neoliberalistic market. Right. Yeah, like... I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it exists. I think. I think that like representation is becoming like more of a prevalent thing. Like what Liam was saying is because like it's just more of a conversation nowadays. Because um, with like the internet existing, like everyone can get their opinions out, no matter what their opinion is. And so those sorts of things are being highlighted when previously they weren't able to be because like they couldn't be published in a book or they couldn't be like said out loud without maybe backlash, I think. So I think because a lot of people are having those ideas that it will happen more frequently. Right, Uh, do you see a positive outlook? Totally, absolutely. I think there is like a a big step in representation, especially because like Netflix, like a lot of, um, like Netflix is, Uh, producing a lot of shows and Mm -hmm. a lot of like artists and a lot of writers and stuff who just put like queer people in their in in their scripts who put like um, POC people in their scripts like people of color and and they're just like uh, talking about stories that haven't really been um, sort of thought about before which is really cool because then we get as like media consumers we get like new interesting stories we've never really seen from a completely different point of view yeah yeah we've we've brought it up on the podcast before we've talked about like orange is the new black Mm -hmm. and how and how that was kind of like a massive proponent for pushing that on netflix right sorry um i was going to also bring up that it's with a lot more of these discussions being more common ground it's also cool to kind of go look back on 
on some past things and realize that like as and I have had this discussion beforehand where like we were talking about a show from when we were a kid called uh, Cyber Six. Yeah. And kind oh, yeah, of unknowingly, Cyber Six may have the first uh, non-binary superhero. Oh, totally. really? Absolutely. Really? Yeah, because, like, by night, uh, she she's, like, yeah, she just, like, her gender representation is, is very uh, masculine and then feminine, and it switches back and forth. Like, it, they might even be, like, maybe, like, agender or non-binary or, like, whatever that would be defined as. But, yeah, that's a character that's, like, from way back when. I don't know when that show uh, was. Com- yeah, the comic book came out in the early 90s and the mm-hmm. show came out in the 2000s. Yeah, something like but, that. But, like, the whole thing is that uh, in the day she poses as a man and a teacher and then at night she goes out as, like, uh, I was at, as a woman and fights crime. Yeah, hmm. and she yeah. has, like, masculine and feminine qualities about her, which are, like, pretty hard to define anyway. Yeah, uh, on uh, on a note of in terms of representation on Netflix specifically, a movie and this is a good good turning point for our, our conversation. Uh, going into like what media we've ingested over the past <laughs> three weeks, um, Liam and I watched Velvet Buds Saw. I also watched it. Yeah, yeah. It all right. Good. It's yeah. I've never uh, even heard of it. It's, it's uh, Dan Gilroy. Is that his name? Yeah, Dan Gilroy, yeah, Dan writer Gilroy. and director of Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. Um, which is a I like Nightcrawler. I think I, it's I a good think movie. I, it's a, I just uh, think you can put Velvet Buds. It just wasn't. It was two hours. You it's know? T- it's two, <laughs> two hours. hours. Yeah. It's, and uh, and Jake Gyllenhaal plays a bisexual man. Um, but they really lean into the heterosexual side of it and kind of just throw in the the um, homosexual side of it, like pretty haphazardly. It's like even know? to a point where I just thought it was very unclear as like because he has one scene with his partner at but towards the beginning. Yeah, and then yeah. they ne- and then they mention him at the in the like the last 20 minutes and of the movie. It's interesting mm. because he also has like a lady partner, but we never really understand like the salute like the end product of that relationship mm. and we never get to see like what Jake Gyllenhaal boyfriend even thinks about yeah well they kind of they kind of explain it this is this movie was so goddamn awful that i don't (laughs) i don't mind spoiling it basically his uh his partner his male partner um has been working as like a sleuth for the the person that he's been working for it's thrown in as a haphazard line just in the end of the movie just to kind of tie him back in at the end and oh it's just it's a rough i wasn't paying attention to like any dialogue scenes (laughs) like honestly every single bit when they're talking about art like i'm like i didn't understand that scene at all yeah i i told liam while we were watching 40 minutes it's it's aggressive i was i was telling liam while we were watching it it's a movie by about a guy who uh, sorry, what what is it again? It's it's a guy who wrote a movie about art, but he doesn't understand art. It's a critique a on art, I thought, but it's not. It's not at all. <laughs> like, like it it just turns into a horror movie, like forty minutes towards the end, out of fucking nowhere. But Netflix actually says it is a horror movie, so that's why I, know, I watched it. it. What I found most <laughs> annoying about it is that it has uh, what is it a trope in media that I hate, which is like this isn't an issue on representation, but it's more so the way it treats critics. Um, like how they all, how like they go out of a way to push for like, oh, critics are just a bunch of stuck up, uh, oh, yeah. pretentious yeah. assholes. Like, like in uh, Birdman. And I, yeah, yeah. And even yeah. in Birdman, like that I took a lot of issue with. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm I'm a film critic and I like to think that I'm a reasonably down to earth person. Well, yeah, it, it, seems, <laughs> it, it, it seems that film critics criticize film because they like it. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like being a mad at things yeah. sometimes, <laughs> rolling a booger in their fingers. I, like, sure, there, there is there is a place for that kind of person. Like, that person definitely does exist. But the most people out there who are talking about movies just talk about movies because they like movies. Because they like movies, yeah. Like, it's I'm, not like they don't like hating movies. They no. like movies. I was actually yeah. watching a video recently by The Renegade Cut talking about it. And they talked about, like, the whole DC thing. It's like, oh, critics don't even like superhero movies. I'm like, okay, that one's false because, like, every... When they're good, they tend to really like them. Yeah, yeah the, Mar- the Marvel movies, most of them get pretty positive reviews. It's like critics don't know what they're talking about. I'm like, most of them are journalists that have a degree in media <laughs> and film studies. One critic maybe doesn't like superhero movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, watched, I watched the last two-thirds of Ocean's 8 today. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of movies today. So it, was, it was a rough day. But I watched the last two-thirds of Ocean's 8, which is mm-hmm. the female-led Ocean's 11. Yeah. And uh, there, there was this criticism that came out from Sandra Bullock and a, a number of the other people in the cast who were saying that the only reason it got such lukewarm reviews was because the only people that were reviewing it were men, which is mm-hmm. not true. If you go back and read the reviews, there's there's people of color, there's Asian women, there there's women in general, there's men obviously that are that are reviewing this film, and most of them thought it was okay, yeah. <laughs> right? Like you're just you're just putting blame on people just because you think that it's going to bite you, or sorry, you think that it's going to make you your movie look better. It's the mm-hmm. same same problem with like the Ghostbusters movie, right? Yeah, where um ever, even so, Ivan Reitman's son, Jason Reitman, announced that he is directing a. Uh, uh, what is it? A new Ghostbusters yeah, movie, which is effectively oh. Ghostbusters three. Yeah, and like yeah. the whole, all of the original cast that is alive are coming back, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, so the director of, uh, uh, was it of the twenty sixteen film and uh, star Leslie Jones took to Twitter and they just started making a big deal about what's, like, that, what's the director's case. name again? Paul Feig. Paul Paul Feig. Yeah, he also yeah. did the Heat. Um, uh, spy, spy yeah, worked did, on did, did Freaks he do and Geeks. Bridesmaids? Yes. Did bridesmaids, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, again, he worked on Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. one is like, uh, um, like I have my own issues with the way with how Ghostbusters tried to act like it was the most progressive thing. Where I'm like, it's really not. It wasn't though, because no. like, no. um, I I don't remember her character name because like I don't, I, I, because I don't think the movie wanted me to remember her character name. But um, the the gal like the POC actor, uh, yeah, Leslie Jones. yeah, Leslie, Leslie Jones. Jones. Yeah. Um, yeah, her character is just sort of like throwaway comedy. She's just like sort of like the black lady character. She doesn't get to like have an experience outside of like being the black lady and being the butt of the jokes and being like a little bit heavier. And that's not great representation because like it's just not Ghostbusters. Also, <laughs> like it's also the fact that like uh, then you have Melissa McCarthy doing her usual like oh get it I'm funny because I'm fat and I'm falling yeah. over and and yeah. that joke is fucking old i'm like yeah <clears throat> i'm like this isn't but 50s guys yeah. and also like uh takes a little more to entertain us and i mean like i hate to pull this card but like if you really want to do a movie with women empowerment and with a mostly female cast you gotta what, have female writers yeah or like yeah. why not why yeah. not hire a female director like wonder woman did that oh yep. gosh yeah yeah and wonder woman Wonder Woman was a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, Liam and I were talking about this the other day. Uh, Paul, uh, what is it? Uh, Paul Feige? Feig. No, Paul Feige. Uh, Kevin Feige? Kevin Feige. There you go. For Marvel. He, he was <laughs> saying how uh, he put out this big tweet saying, like, the next, in, in our roster coming up, 40% of the films are directed by women. 
And it's like, good for you. <laughs> I know. It like, did you really have to say it? Like, it would couldn't you just release the fucking movies and not make a big deal out of it? It would mean I think so. It's, it's, it's a good thing to do that, obviously. And I think that deserves some media attention. But, like, most that, that feels like made. a white man patting himself on the That's back. That's exactly. Yeah. Like, if, if, if it had been found out by somebody else and they'd seen that and noticed it and it had mm -hmm. come up in the news that a different way in a different channel instead of just Kevin Feige being like, guess what? You're <laughs> progressive. <laughs> yeah, we're progressive. We have I, women. I'm, I'm giving the women the jobs. It would have it would have meant so much more if like he just he just hired all of those people and didn't make a statement about it. He yeah. did the and least just... amount. <laughs> anyway, jump jumping into you know, what you know how women are 50 51% of the population? We gave them 40% of the jobs. Good for us. <laughs> Only for 16% of the wage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that was that was the undertext of the, the, yeah. that was, that was the fine print uh, the, in the 250 characters that they give you. Anyway, so we're gonna we're jump into the media that we've seen and, and, mm. and that sort of thing. Um, I watched. Uh, wow, what a transition! Yeah. <laughs> the mood just shifted. Yeah. Don't worry, we will get back to it. Yeah. Um, I uh, fuck it. I'm just gonna jump into it. I watched the Lego Movie too. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's got Lego in it. It's got Lego in it, yeah. and uh, it is totally fine. Okay. I was. I remember on their last episode, I had said that that was the movie that I was most hyped on, mm. and I w I went in and I was like so stoked and watching the movie, and I was like, having a good time, and then slowly over time, it just got worse mm. until it gets to like this ending. It, it spoilers it's got a false ending. No. Um, and then it just like flips on its dime and then tells you a completely different story. And a lot of the jokes are just over explained. They, they'll like tell a joke and then explain the joke through other jokes. And which is what the Lego movie didn't have. The first one didn't have, it was just joke, 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 yeah. joke. And mm -hmm. none of them were explained. If you didn't get it, it just went over your head. Yeah. This one, it's like, do you know who Harry Potter is? <laughs> oh, you don't know? Here is Harry Potter. It's like, <laughs> you don't know who Gandalf is? Here is three scenes with Gandalf I've, that have no weight on the story. I've actually have no started bearing. to realize that I don't think Lord and Miller are very good at sequels. No, not at all. And I'm also notice, noticing that sequels, at least the one, two that I've seen this year so far, have both disappointed me for the most part mm. like glass was meh and uh lego I'm movie 2 yeah, <laughs> and then lego movie 2 was a meh and um here's it, hoping how training dragon 3 isn't bad here's hoping the trailer played for it before mm. and it was a good trailer it's a good trailer. I, I got shivers a couple times yeah. and i haven't even seen the movies i'm, I'm, I'm going to cry I feel uh, like yeah, <laughs> how to train your dragon 3 will be good because they also have like that whole series like in between one and two yeah mm -hmm. yeah and, the, the, and, the, the and, television and show it's, and it's telling yeah, a story the edge, which yeah. is like a big part of yeah, telling it, a story. Exactly. Like you need to have something more meat and potatoes. Yeah. With the Lego movie, it was missing all of that. Mm. Um, it was honestly, this is probably the best metaphor I can think of. It's like you got a Lego set and it was missing a couple pieces. Oh. Right? Like you yeah, you can build the set, but it's not gonna be great. That's right. A, that made me so sad. <laughs> <laughs> See? Okay, and I I wanna spoil one thing. Right. Okay. One thing. And it's not, it's huge, but it's not that huge. So in the first movie, uh, they were talking about Taco Tuesday, mm -hmm. right? That was the big thing. Which, when you're watching the movie, you don't really know what the hell that means. Unless it's Tuesday. Unless it's Tuesday. And you get to the end of the movie, and you understand everything that they mean when they say Taco Tuesday. In this one, it's Our Mama Get It. I'm just going to let that marinate for a second. Our what? Mama Get It. I'll slap my knee. I mean, just what? That's 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 what they're fighting against. It's Our Mama Get It. I'm pretty okay. sure you just figured out the whole fucking movie yeah. with that one word. Yeah. Our Mama Get It. Say if 
the Lego set was 1,071 pieces. How many pieces are missing? Uh, eight. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like not that much. Not that oh. much, but still like enough to make a massive impact on the Lego yeah. set. Yeah. yeah. What maybe, else? Maybe like the pieces you need to build the base. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like oh, you're you're fuck. you're missing no, everything yeah. but the green. You're missing the green plate that you place it all on top of when you build it. Or just the last the last couple pieces. Right. So it's forever incomplete. You're only ever you're missing the the minifigures' heads. No. <laughs> <laughs> so frustrating. And their left hands. Yeah. And you can't find those. Right, anyway, given that Krishna has a long, long list of things that I he's seen two recently, more. I got a couple more things. What else have you seen? Um, today alone. I watched, uh, it, it's weird, in the past 24 hours, I've watched four mediocre films. Um, I watched The Lego Movie 2. I watched uh, Game Night with uh, Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. It's okay. I heard it was all right. It's fine. They do this really cool thing with the tilt shift mm -hmm. um, effect, you know, where they make everything look like little toys and shit. And it's a really cool effect that they move into. Jesse Plemons is so fucking funny. What, like, uh, <laughs> like Black Mirror uh, Jesse Plemons? Yeah, like, like USS Callister. Yeah, 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 yeah. like Breaking Bad. Yeah. God. And he's so funny. He plays yeah. their next door neighbor, and he's a cop, but he just talks like this the whole time. And the whole time he's holding like onto this little Bichon Shih Tzu, and just like it's a white dog, and he's just always holding onto it. It's really funny. He's the funniest part. Um, it's okay. It's, it's, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go dive deep into it. And then I watched Tag, which again. Right. It's got some, the ending, Liam, is really good. Yeah, I mean, it's really heartwarming. <laughs> I, Liam's seen it, so that's yeah, like, like it was. And I thought there are parts of it that I think are legitimately very funny. Yeah, there, there's a lot of really good shit. You know how um, when you watch uh, Sherlock Holmes, like mm -hmm. the Robert Downey Jr. ones, and yeah, when yeah, he yeah. slows down and he explains everything that's happening, mm -hmm. that happens with Jeremy Renner's, Renner's character. So like when when he's about to get tagged, everything slows down, and he's just like hint of weed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so-and-so is behind me right now. Um, it's really good. I mean, and Hannibal Burris is always funny. Yeah, but he's like, he's just being Hannibal. He's not even playing his character. He's just being himself, he's, and he just says motherfucker a lot. He's just this nerdy guy who questions everything he hears, or like, like asks just questions that I'm sure everybody's thought of, but haven't, haven't really given much thought to, like, why is it called, what's it, why is it called bi-weekly when it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a great scene where he's just sitting there, he's, he's monologuing to himself, he's like, why is it called bi-weekly if it means twice a week, and then also two times a month? It's <laughs> 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 like, that's a very inefficient wording, like, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. I think a Fortnite is every two weeks, so we could probably Yeah, yeah let's change it. <laughs> yeah. Let's make an active effort on the internet. <laughs> this is an official sure. Thunder Thundercast proclamation. <laughs> <laughs> a fortnight means two weeks. I mean, Shakespeare. <laughs> and then I watched uh, Belco Experiment, the mm -hmm. Belco Experiment, which is written by James Gunn, uh, directed by some guy I don't know. Um, but it's got, uh, uh, what's his face from Scrubs? Uh, John McKinley. John McKinley. Oh, okay. And he's really good at it. Okay, who did he play in Scrubs? He's the doctor that... Um, the, Cox? Yeah, he's Dr. Yeah, Cox. He's Dr. Yeah, he's Dr. Dr. Cox. Cox. Okay, cool. And uh, he's really good in it. He's a psychopath. Um, <laughs> he kind of is in Scrubs, too. And it's it's such a bloody mess of a film. Like, it's gross. There's mm -hmm. a lot of really gross gore and stuff. But the movie's okay. Like, right. I, I sat through it, and, I, and it's got a really bad rating, but I was like, I'm a little bit higher than this rating right now. I really enjoyed it. Um uh, it, uh, some history behind it. James Gunn wrote it in 2007, I think. Oh, wow. Um, and then went through a divorce and was like, I don't want to make this movie. <laughs> and so he like shelved it or like sent it off to the studios and then he just was like, I don't want to make a movie about people murdering each other when 
Like, I just want to hang out with my friends and not kill them. Wasn't uh, James Gunn married to uh, the girl from The Office? Which one? Uh, Jenna Fisher. I don't know. Internet, fact check. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, and so and so a couple of years later, like 20, uh, 2015, 2016 rolls around, and they're just like, hey, we want to make this movie. And James Gunn's like, well, I don't want to do it. And they're like, well, do you mind if we just like hire somebody and then you just put your name on it? And he's just like, fuck, is it going to be free money? I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they made it, and it's okay. But anyway, there that's what go. I watch. Um, well, <laughs> Liam! <laughs> your turn! Uh... Well, I didn't really get to see a whole lot this week. Uh, well, one, after the last time we recorded, I got very, very sick and wasn't able to leave my house for three days. Oof. Um, then I, uh, I'm trying to think, what did I, what have I watched? Uh, <laughs> what have like, you I read? wanted, I wanted yeah, to go see. Read? What have you listened yeah, to? I wanted to go played? see the Lego movie too, but now that Christian has said it, I'm not sure if I want to. <laughs> yeah, you um, wouldn't like it. Um, I, re- I did read, um, uh, the first uh, trade of uh, Miles Morales Spider Man. Nice. Oh, okay. Um, because uh, in preparation for yeah. Spider Man. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, because I mean, like uh, when my, the Miles Morales books were coming out, I wasn't really re- I wasn't reading a lot of comics at the time. All I was really reading was Batman because, well, he's Batman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, fair enough. But like, you know, it's it's good stuff. It's it's very different from a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like. Uh, you said um, it as the, like the first couple issues of Spider Man in the back, right? Yeah, uh, which I haven't read yet. Which is very heavily, like heavily inspired uh, Spider Verse. Okay, but cool. like uh, I like uh, I like Miles a lot as a character. He's uh, again, he's a little different than he is in the movie, but he's still very similar. Like <laughs> when I was watching Tag, I was like, "You're like the the stoner dude." I was like, "You're fucking Spider Man." <laughs> uh, <laughs> is he in that movie? Yeah, Jake Johnson's nice. in it, and he's the stoner. Nice, yeah. um, but like. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, Bendis has, a, as usually, has a very strong voice for his characters. Um, in the comics, the Prowler is much more of a scumbag. Hmm. There he essentially just wants, he, he instantly finds out that Miles is uh, Spider-Man, just out of logical deduction. Hmm. And decides that he wants to use him for, uh, to essentially take over New York's uh, gang. Every time I hear the word Prowler now, I just think about the music from Spider-Verse. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, and I think of, hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, no, it's a good read. Uh, uh, buddy who loaned it to me, uh, I don't know if he has. Uh, the you can second... say it. It's John Tasker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, been on, he's been on the pod. He's I don't know if show. he has uh, the second volume, but he's listening right now. Hey, John. Um, but I, once... I can imagine him sitting in his car and he's just hey, like, hey. <laughs> uh, but he uh, he says he'll loan me the second volume when he gets it. Um, just because, like, uh, also, like, just given, I felt like it was also about time that I sat down and read uh, the Miles stuff as. You finished um, all of the Ultimate stuff, right? Yeah, I, I own... So, Ultimate Spider-Man, to give some context, like, the original run, is my Spider-Man. It's my favorite rendition of Spider-Man, at least in the comics, and it was what I grew up reading. Um, and, uh, and again, like, uh, I stopped buying Marvel books because they're just too damn expensive. Mm. Um, but, like, uh, I like really... five bucks a pop. No, there's, some of them are, for 30 pages, 15 bucks. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's how much Black Panther is currently running. That's how much... Wow. Uh, I was it? I think that's how much all of her books are running. But like for single issues. For single. Yeah, I would again. I, I want comics, but that seems like a lot. It's a it's a lot. And again, I <laughs> wanted compared to, compared to like when I was buying comic books, three ninety nine. Mm. Um, like, um, like, and just that Miles has impressively in just five years really cemented himself as part of the Marvel universe. I felt like it was important. I'm like, okay, time to really sit down and read like his initial book because I'd only really read Miles before this in like team books or Avengers. 
Um, but yeah, I guess getting back to what I was saying, overall, it's it's pretty good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'd like to read it one day. Mm -hmm. Lucas, what have you seen? Read, listened uh, to, ingested, <laughs> uh, enemaed yourself yeah. with. Uh, played! <laughs> yeah, played. That's a good yeah. one. Uh, well, uh, the one thing I watched, because apparently I don't watch things anymore. <laughs> don't know why I'm here, but I am. Anyway, I watched... Because uh, your the, voice is just so sultry. It's true. Hey, everybody. Low How's sports fan. Yes. <laughs> sports ball! No, um... I watched the Netflix Carmen Sandiego cartoon. Nice. Because the world is just too tar too dark. I need some brightness in so my life. So can I ask you yeah. a question? Sure. Where in the world is she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where, did, where was she? The cartoon really loves to say that. Do they? Because <laughs> it's like a prequel, is it not? Or is the I first couple really, episodes are really a prequel? I, I played like the Carmen Sandiego like, uh, computer game when yeah. I was a kid. You get yeah, it yeah, in a cereal yeah, box. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I don't really remember the cartoon. But uh, I remember I, I could never get a warrant for her arrest, even though I always found her. It did you? Me. Did you ever watch uh, the new Magic School Bus one? No, I no, did, I didn't. Okay, have you ever seen Stones for it? Does it look anything like that? Um, it looks a bit. A bit, I think so. The, the art style <laughs> for bit, Carmen yeah. Sandiego is pretty unique. I actually really, really like it. But uh, and the character design of Carmen Sandiego is really cool. The big red hat, the red coat. It's really cool. <laughs> she's like adult Dora. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think she's she's more like late teens in this one. Oh, okay. Either way, uh, the character design's really cool. The animation's really cool. They got some really funny characters. The kid, one of the kids from uh, Stranger Things, is in it. He plays this guy oh. named Player. Oh, I thought he. I thought like his character was in. It. No, was like, no, no, that no, is no. some cross promotion. <laughs> he plays. He, pl he plays the guy in the chair. <laughs> ah, he's Oracle. Yeah, How is? Yeah. Uh, was it? But. Uh, on a writing level and all of that and characters, how is the show? Uh, it's written for kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's but, eight episodes or? Uh, something like that, yeah. And I, I started watching it because a couple voice actors I really like are in it, Mary McGlynn and Liam O'Brien, but uh, but uh, Carmen Sandiego is played by uh, Gina, Rodriguez, Gina Rodriguez. Yes, Who is yes. in Annihilation and mm -hmm. like, Jane the Virgin, stuff like that. She's cool. It's, it's really enjoyable, yeah, it's, a, it's an enjoyable cool, cartoon. Actually. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, she's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's what I watched. Uh, I read a bunch of books including an absolutely remarkable thing by Hank Green, which is actually a very, very good book. Okay, yes, I'm, I'm worried about it. Cause I, li I like his brother's work, or at least mm -hmm. most of it. Like, I, I mean, yeah, most I, of it is pretty, like, it's written for preteens, yeah, all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've uh, never really had that much of a problem with uh, John Green. He has some books that I like more than others. It's it written for preteens, but it's, like, yeah, not it written for preteens. Yeah, like, Looking for Alaska is very much yeah, not. Because but, but Hank, he, mm -hmm. he, this is his first book, right? Yes, it's, it's his first book. It's more, more of a sci-fi book. It takes place on Earth, and basically the concept is these weird transformer statues that were wearing samurai armor just magically appear there one day, and no one knows what to do with them. And then the main character, April May, is one of the first ones to discover one. What a, what a name. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> uh, just like you put some names in a blender yeah. and just like, I guess it works. <laughs> and she's like the first one to discover it, discover one of them anyway. There's like 64 all across the world. And she like makes a YouTube video with it and it goes viral and she becomes basically the most famous person in the world. The I've book is about that, fame. I've heard there's really. a lot of like cross promotion with YouTube. Like, it, can you look up the links that are in the book? Uh, on not that I'm aware of. Oh, okay. That's cool. But maybe you could. I don't know. I didn't try. Right. But it's a good book. It's a really good book. I enjoyed it. Uh, I also read uh, Dracula by Bram Stoker. Right on. Pretty good book. It slows I down. I love that book. monkey. Yeah. <laughs> it, is a, it is a book I really like. I read it when I was, I mm -hmm. think, about 13. Yeah, yeah it, it is a really good book. It slows down in the last third. The first the first mm -hmm. act is the most interesting. That's when uh, Jonathan Harker is in Dracula's castle with Dracula. That's the the, the scariest, the creepiest, the most intense part of the book. Have you seen the movie? Uh, with uh, Bella Lugosi? Um, 
I don't think so. What I'm thinking the, of the one like Gary Oldman. Oldman. I've seen the Gary ah, Oldman yes, one. Yes, which is yeah. essentially an art house opera on Yeah, film. I wasn't a big fan of that one. The, I the love Gary world. Oldman, but I wasn't crazy I don't about know, I, don't, I don't know. I really enjoyed it personally, but... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've only ever seen the Bram Stoker. Or sorry, the uh, the Bella Lugosi one. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen that one. He's There's the, a lot of Dracula he's, movies. He's, he's, it's got that famous quote, like, have you ever danced with the devil in the oh, yeah. moonlight? Yeah. Like, that's for sure. And fun historical fact about Dracula, uh, <laughs> Bram Stoker did not base Dracula off of Vlad the Impaler. That is a myth. That is he not based true. it off of his, uh, his mother-in-law. <laughs> no. he, mother-in-law he based, is gay. <laughs> he based uh, the character of Dracula off of a fever dream that he had after he ate some bad oysters or something. Huh. Yeah. I mean, you do suck oysters, right? <laughs> you shuck them first. I, maybe it was oysters. some sort of seafood. That's and actually he, a he fact did, he I did take know. the name Dracula from uh, Vlad the Impaler, though. Because uh, Vlad the Impaler, his last name was re- literally Dracula, which means devil in Wallachian. Oh, wow. Yeah. Vlad was and, but like he took that name not because he was associating anything with Vlad the Impaler, but because it was scary sounding and foreign sounding. <laughs> it is scary. I Vlad the Impaler is a. I was it. I didn't know of a Dracula thing, which is interesting because I actually do have a pretty strong knowledge of Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like his his family name. They were the Draculas. Mm. Wow, yeah. that's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably pronouncing that horribly, but <laughs> I just like saying it. Dracula. <laughs> Uh, what else did you read? I read uh, Stormfront by Jim Butcher. Uh, it is the first novel in the Dresden Files series, of which there's like 12 books or something like that. There's a lot of them. Have they made anything of that? Uh, no, there's no. I don't think there's any adaptations. Essentially, the story is it's like mid-2000s. Uh, Harry Dresden is a wizard private eye, and it is narrated by James Marsters, who played Spike in oh, the Oh, really? Right yeah, on. Nice. And he, he kills it. The Did book he... is... Uh, Pretty, mis- pretty misogynistic, so if you can't get past that sort of thing. Dracula? No, oh. that too. <laughs> there, there's some Sorry. lines in Dracula that are, uh, it was written a long time ago. So it's like... funny how uh, Lucas read like three misogynistic books before <laughs> doing this podcast. And <laughs> there's literally a line in Dracula from one of the female characters who's like, oh, we women are not worthy of men. And I'm like, ooh, oh no. Oh <laughs> no. This is old. Oh, go. Oh, uh, going no. back to representation, too, a lot of, like, those spooky bad villains um, from, like, movies like Dracula, mm-hmm. which were made, like, in the, give me a year, give me like a year. Like the 30s. Like, the yeah. 30s. <laughs> the original um, Dracula book came out in the uh, 1800s. In the 1800s. Yeah, the, okay. the first movie, I think, was, like, 1938. Well, when the movies were created, um, a lot of those characters were, like, uh, sort of, like, played as gay. Like, they weren't yeah. gay. Yeah, they were queer-coded. Was, yeah, queer-coded yeah. for sure, and, and, and meant to be more spooky because of some things, like, um, sort of, like homoerotic it is a bit spooky because yeah. it's like what could happen <laughs> right um and and a lot of movies in the 30s uh, our villains are played by like not gay people but people who are very queer coded yeah yeah, yeah I I totally remember you and i have even talked about like save a little mermaid yeah we're like uh with uh ursula like totally. ursula's very clearly supposed to be a drag queen yeah mm-hmm. and hades yeah. is gay as fuck <laughs> is he i haven't i don't know he like, looks so he's, gay he's, really, he's, he's literally he's uh, a bit make, gay he's, he's literally makes sassy gay friends yeah, and 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 abs- like a scar as well. Like he talks about like uh, beating out an old throw rug. Well, like I don't think straight man would think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like because with Hades, all the only tones I got were like an agent or a lawyer. Really? Mm. <laughs> when, I, when I play like Kingdom Hearts, I'm like. Yeah, so, so so moving on to what, what you've you've played. Like have you played uh, Kingdom Hearts three yet? I played I played it a little. Um mostly I just like watched the opening cutscene like three times because it was very emotional. What I did was I inserted the disc into my PS4, I watched the opening cutscene, it was very overwhelming, so I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched it like twice more in the very same way. 
Um, and I got a little bit further this last time. I played it, like, last night, and it wasn't really, like, playing. It was more like watching an hour-long cutscene. That's and what I've I, heard, yeah. Yeah, and then I was given the controller to, like, beat up some, some heartless foes, and then uh, I got another cutscene, and then I was like, I go to bed. <laughs> I can't watch a movie because I thought I was playing a game. It, 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 I, I bet it says, like, played two and a half hours. Actually played. Yeah. <laughs> Ten Three minutes. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 was kind of a similar thing, especially Actually, in the beginning. Yeah, I've been it's playing like, Red uh, Dead Redemption 2 as well. I took a break from it to, like, get ready for Kingdom Hearts 3, mm-hmm. but, like, yeah, Red Dead Redemption 2. Two is the slowest, weirdest game I've ever played in. Your my character whole life. literally walks slow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like meandering and I think around. The re- like you I gotta get on a horse to move a little faster. Yeah. Horse but is I think that slow. says a lot about what the developers want us to see as the character Arthur Morgan. Because if Arthur Morgan has like a really slow ass pace, then you're gonna notice like everyone in your camp. Then you're right. gonna notice these beautiful sights. Then you're gonna notice like this dream catcher that's in the tree that you have to notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that, but also sometimes it's like I want to complete a mission in less than four hours. Truly, I just play that game. Like it takes four hours to do anything, but I'll just like I'll get up in the morning, I'll change my clothes, look so cute, and then I'll just like play fucking dominoes with yeah. Jose for like four hours, and then I just get like creamed in dominoes because I'm not very good at it. But it's nice to have someone to play dominoes with yeah. you because in real life it's hard work. Yeah. <laughs> um, on a completely unrelated note to what you guys are talking about, but moderately related, have you ever played the Flame in the Flood? No. I have. I played a little bit of it. It's pretty yes. good. It's, See, it's I, very interesting. I think you would really, mm-hmm. really like it if you really delve into it. Yeah. Do you think I would like oh, it? Oh, totally. 100%. Oh, yeah, because so it's, uh, it's called the Flame in the Flood. Yeah, I don't and know how I got it, but I have it. <laughs> I know, me too. Like, well, I bought, I bought it the other day. It was eight bucks on the, the Switch store. That's how you oh, got yeah. it. Uh, yeah, that's I paid for it. I purchased it. And basically, it's a procedurally generated river that you go down, mm-hmm. and you just kind of ride this raft with your dog, and then just like get off and go go and like pilgrimage and then get back on your raft and keep yeah. going down the, the river. The art style is really neat. It's really and the music is really good too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. But um, we are hitting a good stride here. <laughs> uh, we should probably get into the, a little yeah, back more into a the little meat bit more meat and potatoes. So um, we we brought Ezra on uh, to kind of elaborate a little bit more on uh, the uh, the idea of representation in film, uh, and we kind of wanted to kind of expand the knowledge of ourselves and then also our listeners as well because I know you know some of our past episodes we've said some pretty fucked up shit <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if some of our listeners are starting to go more into this weird territory the it's... important thing is to learn <laughs> yeah, I, mean, like, uh, yeah. I mean I am still very much to the opinion of like uh, I feel like you one of the joys of comedy and humor is that if you uh, was is that uh, it allows you to laugh at things that in an actual real context yeah. wouldn't especially be funny. By no means do I think we've totally. been I mean, blatantly racist. Yeah, I mean, or... just making sure that we aren't just being tasteless. Yeah, I, I, I think... I think we've been tasteful, uh, but this <laughs> most of the time, most of the time, <laughs> except for Liam's comments on Steven Spielberg. Exactly Go back and check thinking. episode two of the Thundercast, everybody. <laughs> it's probably for the better. A lot of it is taken out of context, but like I also I pitched the idea of bringing Ez on as as um, a representation and uh, accurate portrayals in that sense are something that they are very passionate about mm-hmm. and have a very strong knowledge on. Yeah. Um, so, Check a bra. Oh, so I figured that this would be the, and the biggest thing I want to do is if we're going to talk about certain like bigger subjects, I want to bring, I want to hear from people and give voices and platforms to people who actually can speak to this and do have yeah. a knowledge on the subject. If we're going to talk about dinosaurs. We're bringing on Sam Neill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that guy knows shit. 
Um, anyway, yeah. So in terms of just like uh, how we should start this conversation, I think uh, I, I think we should kind of go over what we mean by representation. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. So um, how do we want to field that? I'm fucking yeah. lost, <laughs> yo. Um, well, like, because uh, I mean, to be fair, like. Uh, I don't want to proclaim this or anything like that, but we are the hosts of this podcast. We're three cis men, yeah. you know, like we're we're straight white men, mm-hmm. you know, like that that we've mentioned that before on the podcast. Um, we have never really hidden our pronouns or anything like that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm not like fully straight. I'm more, no more but, ace, but yeah, yeah. So uh, and well, in the yeah. past, ace I arrow. That's <laughs> right. Uh, was it? Inva- Sorry, I'm, I apologize. No, it's no. And uh, in the past, I've had some questions about myself when it comes to that, but. I've come around to a point where I'm like, no, I'm pretty straight. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know, I guess that's a that's a wonderful spot to start. Is that there I just I literally just made the assumption of on both. Of you. <laughs> and you you are two two people that I've known for a number of years. Golly, and, Christian. And I'm a Go. fucking ignorant piece of shit. Uh, uh, yeah. So I exactly what do we mean by mm-hmm. representation? So well, I guess the way I see it is um, representation is just portraying people of all kinds so people can see those people and relate to them and know that they're not alone. And also just like it gets so boring when you see when every actor, every movie you see is just some white dude. Yeah, no, honestly, some... some white dude actors look the fucking exact same. Like if you if you swap their faces, then their faces would not be swapped. <laughs> okay, okay. True. So Thunder Lizard, I don't want to relieve, uh, reveal too much, but Thunder Lizard is working with this uh, this uh, or not, not other organization called Cine Music, and we're working on this project right now where we're watching a lot of old old films from like the sixties and stuff. All those dudes look the same. All yeah. same. Yeah. Like, and we're trying to like find one. Same dude. hair, in it, same nose. It's just, fuck, they're the same fucking person. We're trying to we're trying to find one dude in each one of these movies and try and cut out all of his scenes. I'm saying too much. I shouldn't say anymore. But <laughs> when you're watching the movie, you're like, is that him? No, no, he doesn't have a mole. But maybe. Yeah. <laughs> they all look his like they all just slightly wider. They all Does he have just, a butt chin. They all just look like uh, Clint Eastwood or Ronald Reagan. Yeah, they're all just <laughs> fucking white dudes. Um. Yeah, like, uh, I, f- I will say that I do think the past year or so, like, in regards to representation, was a stronger year than mm-hmm, most. I mm-hmm. think so as well, and I think that they're getting stronger, like, as the years go by, like... Yeah, so Lucas, you had said, mm-hmm. like, showing these 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 people and, and making sure that they don't feel marginalized, and that's what we're yeah. saying. Uh, I think making sure... What what my idea of what we're talking about is ensuring that that the people that are being represented are are actually the people that are being represented, mm-hmm. right? Like not having Scarlett Johansson play an Asian woman, or we don't like, want, and we don't want uh, the days of Mickey Rooney with squinty eyes and buck teeth, right? Like I mean, yeah. you you could you could have a movie like Call Me by Your Name, right, where it's uh, Army Hammer and uh, Timothy Chalamet. As far as far as I know, um, in the public eye, neither of those men are homosexuals, mm-hmm. right? So yes, you are representing a community, but you're not doing it in the way that like it's it's almost like I'm, I'm going to use the wrong word, but like whitewashing it. You know, you're just you're taking you're taking this idea of these people, and you're just like like oh, we're representing you, but it's like are you really? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. I think the at least the way I see it, the bigger problem there is when you cast. Uh, LGBT or not LGBT people as LGBT. I can't. I can't Eddie word. Redmayne and the Danish girl mm-hmm. as a trans woman. Yeah, not yeah. a trans you woman. Are, you but are, there are, are so many trans women out yes, there. I know exactly. You are provide. You were taking jobs 
away from the people who could play those roles better. Right. There's, like, there, there's a movie called sorry. I'm sorry, Ezra. There's a movie called Frankie Go Boom where uh, Ron Perlman plays a transgendered man, mm-hmm. uh, or sorry, a transitioning into a woman. But it's just like Ron Perlman is not that guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, at all. Mm-hmm. And, like, speaking from experience, like, going to auditions, like, for a fucking trans character, and you're like, I'm a shoe-in. I am actually trans. Like, this is my actual narrative. Like, I remember going to an audition, and I was like, was this written about my life? Truly. And then, like, a cis person got it, and I was like, no, it was not written about my life. <laughs> like, uh, like thing, that's okay. One thing I was going to say, and I want to know your opinion on this, Ez. I think we might have had this discussion in the past, but the biggest fear that I would run into is if we... Uh, was it with um, casting people who are actually uh, uh, was it not who are actually gay or non-binary, um, or just uh, was it or trans in a, like a main role, um, or as as a trans or non-binary char- character, which is that like the only thing I'd be concerned of is that they just get typecast to a point where that's the only role they can play. And that's that's fair mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah. And but al- but also like. Trans and non-non-non. I can't talk today. Trans or non-binary. Trans or non-binary. This is the sniffle cast too. Lucas is not feeling well. (laughs) Come in a very wide breadth of people like Mm -hmm. this. Totally. There's not just like one personality that is trans or non-binary. Right. They're just. And everybody's bodies look different, and everybody sounds different, and everybody can give a different performance because they have different Mm -hmm. experiences and they've had different like training. So, so uh, on the note of movies and that sort of stuff, what do you feel like is, is a movie that is that demonstrates proper representation? Oh gosh, oh gosh, let me think about it. Can I can I look it up on my phone? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I have of to course. look up the title. Um, a movie that I think has really good representation is Hidden Figures. It actually talks about the hidden figures uh, in NASA who were black ladies. Who, um, I wanted to point out Lucas's NASA hat the entire <laughs> Lucas is wearing a NASA hat. He is. You don't I work am. for NASA. Yes, I do. You don't know me. <laughs> there are so yeah, many had... job postings at NASA, actually, right Are there really? So many. Yo, let's fucking quit the podcast. Go to I, NASA. Yeah, you can't I mean, have the U.S. government's going to get shut down again. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> to be an astronaut, I mean, you could probably do, like, astrophysics, but I can't. <laughs> um, I can't go to space. Um, But, yeah, Hidden Figures is a really good movie, I think, that has, like, a lot of good representation. It's actually top talking about how there was no representation, how these hidden figures, these black women who worked for NASA, um, did all the research, but then their names got erased off and then we never really heard about them. Um, But this movie just sort of like brings to light that like, uh, yeah, there are people who are not white and they do things as well. Right, yeah, like, totally. they kind didn't they, cool. like didn't they kind of save the NASA mission in some totally. way? Totally, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. They, they did, they did so much it research. It would not have happened stuff. without them. Yeah, it was like it, they did like all the astrophysics. Like they didn't have. We're talking like Apollo Eleven, right? Uh, I believe so. Well, like the one, the one woman. Ago. I can't remember her name. Are we like the lead of the movie? Yeah. was instrumental in several. Such yeah, was launches. it the moonwalk? Like, is is that what the movie's about? Is the moonwalk or is it? I believe so. It's been a while since I, I saw it. it. Okay, lot, I'm just curious. But I believe she did work on when Neil Armstrong and uh, yeah, yeah, she did. She she yeah. worked on that one. On a completely sure. unrelated note, I saw an Onion article the other day that was just like, uh, I for- oh shit, I forgot my blueberry muffin. And then it says uh, Neil Armstrong on how he forgot his blueberry muffin on the moon. That sounds like clickle. Here's the one that I kind of question a little bit as that mm-hmm. like. Uh, just because, like, I've always, I personally think it's, uh, oh, is it, uh, think it's a reasonable in representation, but it's also is kind of myth, fiction, completely fictional and appropriate. It's a show like Avatar. 
Oh, um, oh yeah, I've had interesting conversations with people around Avatar, too. Like, specifically, I have friends who, like, cosplay, and I, like, wanted to cosplay Aang, and I was sort of, like, having the inner dialogue, having conversations with people about whether Is or not... It, I always perceived Aang as a white boy. He's not, though. Like, he is. He is like, uh, I know very little like, about the franchise. I think he's meant to be, a sh- like, a Shaolin monk, actually. Yeah, okay. There's and, a lot of... And a lot of the culture comes from Japanese and Chinese cultures and things like that. The, mm-hmm. the animation studio is uh, Korean. Um, so, like, I've been having conversations with, like, friends and people and also inner dialogues with, like, would it be cultural appropriation to cosplay Aang when this is, like, a fictional world mm-hmm. based off of real-life things, but it would be causing, like, absolutely no one harm, probably. Like, does... I was going to ask, do, if ever not, if there are codings or, like, uh, inspirations from other world cultures, but a completely, uh, in the context of a medium, a fictionalized uh, race, is it still... A, do you still consider that appropriation? I don't. I don't, well, it, it but would, I've heard would... other opinions. Like, yes. I've heard... Yeah, I've heard other opinions because, like, it is drawn upon by, like, Chinese culture, by Japanese culture and stuff, so... Like wearing those garments, making those garments and stuff, like it, it would be seen as cultural appropriation. I don't because they're taking from other cultures. Yes. Kind well, of, yeah, uh, one of, thing yeah. I do want to add is cultural appropriation is not necessarily a negative thing. Like right, because cultural you look, appropriation is more or less a neutral term that can be used very negatively. Right, because you yeah. look you look at some something like uh, Japanese culture in kimonos, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they they're very much they're like. Cool. <laughs> like, right on. You're you're representing our, yeah. our, our our culture. I had a couple of friends who were having a conversation, um, both both Chinese, and they were at, they were like having a conversation around like whether it is cool for like. Sorry, white did I say Jap? Like, I bet I, I, I'm a fucking. <laughs> I'm sorry. To wear, uh, to wear like kimonos and stuff, and like they didn't come up with an answer. But like I think like something like wearing like a ceremonial like headdress from like First Nations yes. culture, like yeah. don't do that. Don't right. do it. Don't do it. Uh, when uh, I watched. Uh, Lindsay Ellis has a very, very good video essay on this topic. I, I, I've mentioned Lindsay Ellis many times. Yes, I, she Lucas should be known as a fans. friend of yeah. the show. <laughs> friend of the show, Lindsay Ellis. Uh, but her, the way she put it was, rule of thumb is if the culture you were appropriating was exploited by colonialism, not okay. Yeah, Other yeah. way around, yeah, that's cool. right on. Okay, that, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And that's why, like, dreads, like, for instance, like, white people having dreads is, like, a controversial issue. Like, in the beginning, I was like, it's just a hairstyle. I don't understand. But the I'm name, not super cool with that. Yeah, <laughs> but the name actually comes from the dreadful conditions that slaves were kept in because their hair matted together. So it's like, no, that's not actually okay because it was, like, a way that people live their life and not by choice. So for me, like, it's like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah. I, I'm a hard no on it. Yeah. yeah. The biggest uh, the thing also, I believe uh, Lindsay Ellis brought it up in her video also, the scary thing about when you really break down history and the world's nations is that pretty much every nation in some way, shape, or form has been guilty of colonialism or, like... Or, or, or affected by yeah, it. Or affected by it. So, like, the question, the real question is, where do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also well, think... Well, I think Lucas just... Yeah, yeah, it's, like, <laughs> no. yeah it's just, like... I think Lucas It's just because, it like... Nice. Oh, was it? I <laughs> Those know, were not my words. Those were Lindsay Ellis. Like, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of, like, cases that I'll read on Facebook or whatnot where some people that are part of, like, I was it say progressive groups will go off and just inherently, like, say cultural appropriation is a bad thing. Like the Moana case, yeah, right? right? Where, like, the, the actress who played Moana said, let your kids dress as me. It's fine, mm. right? Be- but most Samoan culture, yes, you as the actress who played that character is saying it's okay. But your culture, the culture that you're representing, uh, representing is saying, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we don't like that shit. Like, <laughs> there's also, but what I was getting at is, 
uh, with the whole uh, thing is that, like, even if, if we were to completely wipe out cultural appropriation from existence, well, one, that's censorship, which I'm not especially, uh, uh, was it a fan of? If you listen to um, three episodes past. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, uh, uh, what was I saying? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I just wanted like, to make a joke. Yeah, but the tricky thing about that is uh, with, uh, what is it, with the thing is, like, with uh, is completely wiping out cultural appropriation, which is that you, a lo- you uh, people who are doing this, you'll lose a lot of the things you like, such as tattoos. Yeah. Such as piercings. Yeah, because, yeah. like, like, where do you draw the line? Like, a, cultures have, have made a lot of things. <laughs> 75% <laughs> of us have tattoos on this podcast, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Lu- yeah. Lucas has a big one that says damage right across <laughs> his forehead. <laughs> and the tea why why do you think I'm wearing the two? <laughs> <laughs> Damaged. Um, but yeah, like, or even help boats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we had a conversation yeah. about that as well. Yeah, you about mean, boats? Yeah. yeah. You mean, you know, I like boats. I like tattoos. I'm selfish that way. <laughs> oh, I was just Liam also likes books about war. <laughs> I do like some of those, actually. Yeah. And you... also, like, it's, it's impossible to completely eliminate cultural yeah. appropriation from any culture in the world now since we're so yeah. interconnected. Right, so, like... like I'm gonna say something completely ignorant, but it, oh, I'm, sa- I'm, I'm saying it in in a in a hope in a hopes that it promotes conversation. If I walk into a sushi restaurant, if I go into some, like if I buy from Taco Bell, right? Like I, that's a whitewashed version of the actual food. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So like, at what point is is the separation there? Right. Like, and it's really really tricky line I think because like cultural appropriation is like okay kind of Chinese food okay kind of Japanese food okay kind of Mexican food like all all these things but it's like all these things are in our culture because like we are a cultural melting pot yeah exactly like very tasty (laughs) (laughs) like these these are individuals who have come to our country uh and in hopes of spreading their their culture in many cases in many cases not all but many it was it was a white man who founded taco bell that's true (laughs) yeah did not know that it was an asian man who who founded ito in south center mall Uh, ginger beef is a completely canadian uh, yeah that started in calgary (laughs) where we live uh fortune cookies are from california you know uh yeah well I mean, fortune cookies are also loosely based on a Japanese uh, pastry okay. recipe, all right. but all right. <laughs> not, but not, but not Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> and only loosely based, hey. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so bringing it back home to movies, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, like in terms, in terms of how we represent uh, uh, marginalized people in in film, exactly how how should. Fuck, I'm gonna say something ignorant again, but it's, it's just only, it's the only way that I can phrase this question is exactly how should we be going about that? You know, like like how should we be going about uh, the ways in which is not going to to piss off every single Republican and and like piss off everybody in the fucking planet? Like how do we go about it where we represent people in a positive sense that it appeases everybody like it, I, I almost think it's impossible at this it's point hard, yeah because i wouldn't say impossible impossible is a, is a, is a tough word but it, it is very difficult because mm-hmm. folks want to tell stories too but like then there's those barriers it's like can i tell this story i don't have this experience but then it's like where does our imagination come from right and it's tricky and then it's like should i should i speak to these people should i have them in my writing room is it then my project what is this becoming and it, it's it's kind of tricky and i don't really think that there's like a simple answer to it but i think we shouldn't really be policing each other unless it is harmful towards folks and we can obviously see that or if you've been given like a verbal affirmation from someone to like 
stick up for them, like probably do it then. Do it. I do you mind if I chime in a little bit on this one? Absolutely. Um, the biggest thing that uh that dra that bothers me with a lot of these movements and whatnot, and like uh why I've actually started to move move away from being a part of like some groups and whatnot, mm -hmm. which is that like I feel a lot of the time when you see these groups that are going off and trying to promote social change and whatnot. They're not people that are actually a part of these communities. They're just no. they're a yeah. bunch of people. They're, they're, they're people that are pretending to be allies. Right? Yeah, Liam, to... Liam and I have talked about this a number of times. Like we we call the people who who say that they're sorry who say that there are allies, but they're not actually a part of that community. In the queer community, actually, what we say is like you. Or, or like what I've heard in this Calgary queer community that I've been a part of is you don't get to define yourself as an ally. If you're doing that, you're not doing it correctly. Right. You have to be sort of like bestowed that upon you. And like to be an ally is to not like head the movement by yourself um, to listen. Right, because at that just point, there. at that point, you're a social justice bully. Yeah. Right, because mm -hmm. you're bullying yeah. other people to believe your your thought. Yeah, and and not all like, and it's very important to like sort of like live your life in the way that like. With, with the assumption that, like, people won't understand things the way that you understand things. So, like, you have to be patient. And, like, you have to be, like, willing to have those conversations. And maybe that's, like, the ally's job. I definitely think it's more of the ally's job than the, than the, the, the marginalized person themselves. But, yeah, it's a really, it's a tricky... No, I pers yeah. I'm personally it's a pretty adamant thing. believer. Is like, I, in good conscience, can't go off and say... And just go out of my way saying I was a fully fighting a movement. I'll support it and I'll st and I'll stand up for injustice when I yeah. see it. But I, in good conscience, can't go off speaking for it because then I, because then one, I'm taking away the voice and accountability from the people actually having these experiences. Yeah. A fun little reminder we can all use is we have two ears to listen, but only one mouth to talk. <laughs> that is uh, an yeah. excellent way of putting it. Is, it, it is. Is. Yeah. Like and like I mean I, I sorry Lucas I, okay. I I've I've called myself an ally a number of times in the past, but in in retrospect, it's not really being an ally, right? You're you're just jumping on this this other person's thought process because you think you know I'm being socially aware. Right, like I'm aware of these these choices that, uh, that uh, I'm making, right, to 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 be a part of this group, um, when in reality you're not a part of that group. You're yeah. not a part of it at all, whatsoever. Yeah. You're saying you're interjecting yourself, just because you have a gay friend, just yeah. because you have a mm -hmm. queer friend, just because you have a person of color as a friend, doesn't make you like inept from, no. uh, uh, sorry, uh, secluded from. Uh, like judgment, you and know, societal yeah. and larger societal problems as a whole. Like just doing that alone doesn't make you a hero. Choosing the side exactly, of what's yeah. considered ethically right doesn't automatically make you a it hero. It just makes you a kind of decent person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. even then, like I always like to say, like who doesn't have at least one or know at le or know at least one person who is um oh, is a gay or non-binary? It's twenty fucking nineteen. Small towns. It's like one of the, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I grew, I'm from uh, a small true, town. True, true, but I, I will just uh, I, I grew up in a town of about uh, four thousand people. This is a very small town. I did not meet a gay person until I was like sixteen, or at least not an out gay person. Right. So I'm just small town people. Oftentimes are not exposed to people like that. Right. But also, I don't think it's super comfortable to like come out. Speaking mm -hmm. from my experience, when I was going to school in Carstairs, I was having some difficulties because everyone was bullying me for being like a, excuse the, can I say a slur? Can I say a slur? I mean, if you're prefacing it ahead of time, I think Okay, okay. I'm going to say yeah. two slurs, um, a, a, a dyke or a faggot. Um, and, 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 oh gosh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're talking about coming out in Carstairs and, and how... Oh. 
like like being being called these words and, and being called these terms kind of like shaped your coming out almost right yeah it super shaped my coming out because those weren't words that i chose for myself because like at the time i was 13 and i was like i don't know if i like people because everyone really fucking hates me a lot like how can i know if i'm like even sexually attracted to anyone because i am 13 and i'm just trying to survive right yeah right um one thing i was gonna uh, was that i was gonna ask just on like uh the subject of like you with you personally as mm -hmm. um do you, uh, you Wait, I regained my oh. train oh, of thoughts. Choo-choo! Chugga-chugga, let's go. Okay, so sorry. But basically, I was being bullied because I was being called like a faggot or a dyke by like all of, all of the people who went to school with me, and it was an issue, and I didn't identify in that way at all because I was like a little baby 13-year-old. Um, but when uh, my parents were called in to have a meeting with the school principal, the principal was like, you need to change. If you don't want to be bullied, you need to figure, figure that stuff out basically, and she was like, don't worry, there are lots of gay people in this school, and I had not met a single one because they were all like too afraid to come out, and I also wasn't out, so it's like, no, there are no gay people in this school, actually. Right, right, yeah. right. But uh, that was the point, it, it sorry. Is, it, is, it, is, it is an illusion that there are no gay, gay people or trans people or non-binary If you're not because making it a safe space. Right. Exactly, because it is like, small towns typically are very conservative cultures, very traditional, if you don't very fit racist. in. racist. Yeah. <laughs> Like, again, I also did not meet a uh, person with uh, brown or darker skin, again, until I was, like, 16. It was a very, very conservative small town. And but, like, uh, I lost my train of thought, too. <laughs> well, I mean, even, uh, shoot, shoot. Uh, was, I've had this discussion with Ez. Like, everybody here has seen Get Out. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Film. And what I what really struck a chord with me in that movie and what really made the me... The soundtrack. Un <laughs> <laughs> which was just super uncomfortable was the fact that, like, uh, uh, was it when... Uh, uh, she takes uh, Daniel Kaluuya to her house and they meet her parents. Like, mm -hmm. that's pretty much how my household was growing up. Whenever I'd bring somebody, bring somebody home who wasn't, like, a straight white male or girl. Mm -hmm. like anybody for Obama, third time. <laughs> yes, my mom, I, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if my mom has said something like that. <laughs> um, but what I was going to ask you initially, Ez, is, so with, uh, say if somebody does get your pronoun wrong, uh, was it or like uh, misgenders uh, you? How are you likely to react to that moving forward, or how do you deal with it personally? Oh, I get misgendered like every single day. Um, I'm not a particularly actually. I get I get different I get different like um, feedback from people, but I've gotten that I'm particularly feminine or I'm particularly masculine or I'm like a mix of both. Uh, I don't think I look like either gender really because like I just look like Ezra. Um, but when people misgender me as like she, I find it very interesting because uh, we as people do have specific sort of like calling cards that are feminine masculine. For instance, masculine people take up a lot of space. Masculine people are protectors. Feminine people are taught to not take up a lot of space. They're taught to be protectors. They're taught not to like cry or at least like I was. Um, yeah, answer. Ask the question again, Liam. Sorry, sorry. Just to build on Liam's question. So, um, I'm not. I'm not trying yeah. to out you or anything like that. But I, I know. I'm out. I, I know. <laughs> not, not entirely what I mean. Um, your your name Ezra. Yeah. That's not your your birth name. No, no, no. Right. No. So when my white girl Christian name is actually Jessica Marie. <laughs> <laughs> but did you choose your name? Yeah. So I chose Ezra because. Um, at the time, I really liked the E, I really liked the Z. It, uh, I had an E in my last name, Jessica Marie. Um, and I really liked how it sounded specifically masculine at the time because I was like trans masculine. Um, 
so I liked how it sounded specifically masculine, but it also sounded a little bit gender neutral. And mm -hmm. also the name means to aid or to help. And I was like, hmm, that does sound like me, which is interesting because now I'm an aide. So, so what, about, <laughs> what about your last name? Uh, my, my last name is Warnock. Um, I used to go by my last name almost exclusively in high school because, like, a big thing about, like, my high school experience it's was, like... fucking cool name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, like, one letter away from Warlock, hey? Um, but I you went said by, it, not me. Hey! Um, I went by Warnock a lot in high school because I didn't have a name that represented me. It took me five years to find my name, which is, like, not not as long as other people and definitely a lot of people have like shorter experiences to find that but like defining yourself like naming yourself when you're like a fresh little wee teen is like wow I could really fuck this up like yeah I could fuck it up right yeah so so like my name is not my chosen name mm -hmm. right like like it, it was my birth name uh, my last name is my chosen name mm -hmm. I, I chose my last name Sweet. Um, I don't want to get into Kudos. it, but, but I, I, I chose my last name based off of two options, but it was a better option. <laughs> um, um, so when you were naming your yourself, did mm. it kind of feel like like a rebirth almost? Like I, I, okay. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm asking. Yeah, like, yeah, sort of. So a lot of people, a lot of narratives that I've heard around the trans community, and this is just mine, uh, it, it, it's completely like just to me, but a lot of narratives I've heard is like a dead name, quote unquote. Um, so Jessica Marie would be my dead name and I sort of used to think of her as that way But now I don't because that person actually like dug me out of a fucking depression hole when I was like 11 years old with no one else's help and I don't want to Erase that person. I used to censor myself a lot For instance, I played ringette when I was growing up and instead when I was when I would talk to someone I'd be like, oh, I was on the hockey team because I was trying to pass as male right. exclusively um, but th I don't think that did any favors to me and for me um, erasing my history of being like a person for 11 years feels like really shitty. Um, so now I just like sort of make it a joke. My brother actually used to call me Messica, uh, sort of like as wow. a power move. He'd be wow. like, oh, you're such a Messica. And now like I have taken it back like as sort of like, you know, like taking it back for myself. So like now when I'm like a little bit drunk or a little bit messy, I'm like, wow, I'm such a Messica. <laughs> and that's really nice. Um, going back to like pronouns and stuff, I really don't, mind about pronouns because I used to think um, the way that I represented myself to people um, it was my fault if I didn't like quote unquote pass as male but it's not it's all based on someone's own experience with gender and they're going to see me the way that they see me based on their own experiences so if someone genders me as she or he it might make me feel a little bit sad it honestly doesn't anymore because it happens so frequently I'm just like that's a bit interesting and I do notice like when people gender me he versus she and I like take note of it and I'm like that's why that's did that certain yeah, person yeah. say that about me for right? instance like men tend to gender me as he whereas like um ladies tend to gender me as she and I'm like that's really hmm, interesting yeah yeah um my pronouns are they them yes <laughs> yeah. um Fudge. What was my question? Golly gosh. Say fudge. I did say fudge. I'm, I'm moving. I'm moving away to the, making this a Christian podcast. Which okay. <laughs> yeah. wrong, wrong fucking time to say that joke, me. Uh, Christian. There was. I remember even a few days ago. I think I might have sent it to you, but I was watching this video where uh, a YouTuber, like his brother, also does videos, and he talks about mm -hmm. political issues. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about like the video is called "How Many Genders." And he was going through and just at, talking about how, like, now we're in an age where people are more open and saying, like, well, n not everyone feels the same way. Yeah. He's like, I never gave much uh, thought about what my gender was, be well, because I had a penis. Yeah, totally. Um, 
And like, uh, the biggest thing that, at least with my morality on the whole thing, which is that like, even if I, even like say for argument's sake, if uh, non-binary or something like that was a movement I disagreed with, uh, what, let me ask the people like that this. If you were meeting the if you were meeting the queen, would you not refer to her as your majesty, despite not recognizing her as a monarch? Yeah. Would you? Uh, right. Even right. Dawkins like referred to the Pope as like uh, uh, your what, holiness. Yeah, your holiness mm-hmm. when he would meet him. And Dawkins mm-hmm. and both Hitchens are notorious for hating the Pope and his yeah. ideologies. There's language around like trans uh, names too, as well. Like for instance, if you ask a cis person, you're like, "What's your name? What's your pronoun?" Cool, awesome. When you ask a trans person, it's often like, what's your preferred pronoun? What's your preferred name? And it's almost like a little less legit. Mm. Right, of, right. Uh, you're, 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 yeah. you're just immediately putting them in a hole. Kind right? of, a little bit. Yeah, totally. Um, but I don't think it's intentional. I never really think it's malicious. I've had some malicious like instances with folks, and like most of the instances that I have nowadays are like not like that. Um, but yeah, just like I, language is very powerful and it changes a lot. So just like sort of like changing your language as language changes, I don't think is like super hard to do. No, um, no. And, I, and it makes a big difference for people who like are marginalized and give a shit about it because you don't. Right. I mean, like it's not it's not hard to change your vocabulary. No, you know? no, no. Like, like I mean, no. to make an active effort, right? Yeah. It, it, it almost makes you look like a fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, so. I, I've made the mistake in the past. Yeah. I, I, I'll admit it blatantly in, in, mm-hmm. to the internet. Thank you, yeah. internet. Um, <laughs> I, I've made mistakes in the past, and, I, and I've done a lot of things, and I've had a lot of, like, hateful thoughts in the past. Mm-hmm. But I've made an active effort in my, in my adult years, um, this like, post-19, thinking about how exactly I want to see the world. And, and, and mm-hmm. it's, it's not a hateful place. No. So you should be willing to use people's proper pronouns and names yeah, I mean, and, I and, and, like it, and respect them. It's just basic human decency. Like just even just everyone makes mistakes, but like you're making an effort and that's what is important. I saw a right, joke article meme and it was really funny and it was like a local lady doesn't want to use they them pronouns for a local non-binary person but calls her car she. <laughs> and he was like oh yeah like, I mean Liam pe- and I have to sorry go ahead cis people get more upset about misgendering dogs than humans <laughs> holy my shit my dog is a right. girl <laughs> oh my, um, my dog is a girl thank you Liam and I have talked about it a number of times of just uh, off the podcast obviously uh, about how there are t- like we we, we we were talking about it what like 15 minutes ago about how um people will take like being social justice bullies right and and taking these ideas and melding them into their own agenda yeah and how it's it's reaching a point now where you cannot say certain words right and and how that is manipulating how we we can see the world like um liam has said to me before like you know we're we're no longer allowed to say the word weird we're no longer allowed to say the words. Um, I never heard that one actually. Uh, it's another one. Lame. Yeah. Lame. Lame. I've lame. heard lame. Yeah. Lame. Yeah. But and that's where like, my thing with lame is that like nobody like yes it does originate from a context like that but it's a word nobody really uses in that sense anymore. Right. It's not a word that I use personally for me because I don't really think it's like too hard to like remove from my vocabulary. But like piggybacking off of what you're saying, Christian, I do think that people can be like irrational um with the way that they yeah. think about it but it is because they've like experienced abuse or or right or so so i'm more, i'm speaking more behalf on, on on the thought process of you know 
coming up to me and being like, you shouldn't say that word. Mm-hmm. Especially but, when and you're being, a person be, who does not represent that culture. Yes, and, and, and being up. being aggressively told that you're not you're not supposed to say that mm-hmm. word. I would much prefer them called to say, in. yeah, called in, not called out. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like, like hey, <laughs> yeah, being told, hey, that that word means this, and it, and defining it, explaining yeah. it, right, yeah. and and yeah. and educating somebody rather than yelling at them. Yeah. yeah. And and I I'm I'm not saying that I these are not words that I necessarily want to keep using or anything like mm-hmm. that, but I would much rather somebody come up to me and say, hey, these are offensive yeah, <laughs> yeah, like you're being calling, an asshole and being i mean i don't aggressive about it and be calling someone out like that uh is actually counterproductive right because we have this thing in our head called the backfire effect if we say something someone gets mad at us for it we just believe it hard even like uh what is it this is where i'm going to say something a little more personal about me but growing up i was i was called the r word a lot mm-hmm. and uh so like it is a to a point where like it is still a bit of a trigger for me totally like but i will say is that like um to give an example is, so I have a cousin who was, uh, I mentioned him before on the cast, and he was one of my role models growing up. Um, when we were hanging out at Christmas, given he was a kid from the 90s, and like he's kind of been conditioned to know and use some outdated languages and slurs. So like sometimes when they would describe something stupid, he would drop the R word. And, I, and even when I'd ask him, like, please, please don't say that, he'd... Uh, um, the, mo- the least you could do and what I would respect anybody to do is at least like even if you don't completely cut it out make the effort and apologize if you do slip up sometimes yeah. I was gonna ask but I guess I did just have one more question as with like uh, uh, was it as with uh, how do I explain so here in Canada um, we have uh, there was a bill passed last year that has made it uh, that you could get fined or tried for uh, not referring to somebody by their proper pronouns and I want to know what your opinion on the whole thing was, given that it is still a topic of discussion around here. And yeah, many, it's still very fresh. And I think it's tricky, though, because, like, uh, I used to think, like, really strongly about, like, you need to respect people's pronouns. But, like, recently moving into the job that I am working with, like, disabled, like, disabled people and people with different abilities, um, it's, it's different because, like, my experience is different than theirs. Sometimes gender is very rigid. Um, sometimes people like do not have that experience. Sometimes it's hard to explain that. And I really think that we have to be patient, which is not always something that someone can do, especially when you've when you've when you've um, experienced years of abuse and stuff. But um, I always really try to make an effort in my life to be that information person because I know a lot of my friends are just like fucking burnt out from like having to explain it to people um and I know that it's easier to catch like (laughs) like flies with honey than with vinegar like if you're kind to someone and you tell them about your experiences and you be really open yes it's hard and yes it's 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 really emotionally taxing but people tend to learn better that way yeah, and just from having open and general general discussions about these subjects. Yeah, as, like, as we're having right yeah, like now. I, yeah. The biggest thing that I, like, because obviously I'm in support of people, uh, I was referring to others by their proper pronouns. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing I questioned with the whole bill thing is it be, is the fear of it becoming trial by fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, and uh, many people, then it has been a topical discussion. Like, uh, I don't know if it will. Like, I just don't think it will based on, like, the other issues. But, um, and just sort of, like, uh, like I, I don't know if it will, but I think that's a good point. Yeah, just there have been some a uh, number of notable people have t- made discussion about it, and most of them I take with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the time, I think 
people like, say, Jordan Peterson just need to shut the fuck up. And <laughs> <laughs> We've yeah. brought him up on yeah. the last cast. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. And uh, also, while we're at it, fuck Ben Shapiro. Yeah, yeah <laughs> fuck him. Did you know that he's related to Mara Wilson? Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it turns <laughs> yeah, out know, that right? he's Mara Wilson's cousin. Um, but, oh, shit, you told me that. You told me that. I forgot about that. All right, let's spin this back. Uh, so <laughs> coming back onto like Hollywood and that sort of thing, um, the, the way in which I, I, I foresee a positive uh, Hollywood is, is a world where people who are, who are marginalized or, or um, ostracized or anything like that feel like they can, they can be represented in Hollywood and be represented not even necessarily in Hollywood, but in film and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. In and, life. In life, right? And, and oftentimes, film is a representation of the world that we live in. If I may share a quote. Yes, please do. Go for it. Um, this is a quote from the HuffPost. Um, sorry. That's okay. Oh, gosh, it's gone. I found it, though. Um, there's this body of research and a term known as symbolic annihilation, which is the idea that if you don't see people like you in the media you consume, you must somehow be unimportant. Representation in the fictional world signifies social existence. Absence means symbolic annihilation. Damn. There you go. That's good. <laughs> it's not my quote. I don't <laughs> know. Not, not Ezra's quote. quote. It's Ramon. Um, so we we exist in a world where we are we are moving towards a more positive representation of people, and it is happening very slowly, but it is happening. You know, and 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 to complain about it it not happening almost seems counterproductive, mm-hmm. right? Like like we. If you're not seeing something, then you have to create it yourself. Exactly. Like, you have to be solution focused. You can't just complain about it because the more you complain about it, people are gonna get fired fucking up about it, and they're gonna complain about it, and then no progress is gonna happen. Right. And it's also important that we take the time to like acknowledge that, like, yeah, we, I was, we may be moving forward. We did do and say some terrible things, or or promote some terrible things in the past, but the only way to get better from it is to learn from it. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and, and listen. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen to people who have these stories to tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two ears, one mouth. Yeah. Two ears, one mouth. Exactly. All right, everybody. I feel like we've run the course of the conversation. <laughs> we did it. Uh, we did it. <laughs> We're going to fix the world, damn it! <laughs> we cured racism. <laughs> White people fix racism again. We didn't do it. We did not do it. We did not do it. <laughs> we, we, we just counterproducted everything we just said. Yeah. Fuck us. Um, all right, well, this, <laughs> this has been a better guest for this week. We didn't uh, even talk about racism. We, <laughs> not at all. We could throw it in at this. Uh, Racism is bad. I'm a hero. This has been the third guest of this week. <laughs> My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. And I'm Liam. I'm Ezra. Thank you for listening. <laughs>